everyone it's eric it is thursday here and i am just busy preparing for the next d2c plus workshop which is an amazing one we're doing with ryan mckenzie from true earth as well as saul garcia the lead uh google ads technician here at pilot house so uh really excited about that uh this week's all killer no filler uh, we decided to dip back into some other content that we uh, had created for uh, a, a, a recent PR opportunity that we're kind of pursuing, um, where we had uh, our, our social media director, um, Maya Sampson, read us a bunch of questions um, sort of from, from this publication, and uh, myself, uh, Pilot House CEO Dave Steele, uh, as well as Pilot House co-founder and uh, CR, head CRO Kyle Hitchcocks. Uh, all just sort of discussed these questions, where we, what we thought about the state of D2C, where we think it's going. Uh, I think there's some good insights here. Um, it's always fun to, uh, to wrap with these guys. And uh, yeah, I think, I, I hope you really enjoy it. Uh, we'll be back next week uh, with a very special YouTube version to talk a little bit more about this workshop uh, that we have coming. A very special YouTube, all killer, no filler next week, back with more regular programming. But for today, please enjoy uh, this conversation about the future of D2C with uh, the stakeholders at Pilot, Pilot House and uh, D2C Newsletter. Cheers. We all know personalization improves conversion rates, but did you know that with ShearID, you can invite and reward consumers based on their groups and affiliations securely? So you make an exclusive offer to a group like teachers, military, or first responders, and ShearID's simple checkout integration makes sure that only the right people are able to redeem. The best part is that the process is incredibly simple, and it's embedded right into your brand's checkout flow. Start your personalized checkout campaign today. Visit SheerID.com. On with the show. There's never been a better time to be a direct-to-consumer business. Join us as we uncover the strategies and scaling secrets of the world's most disruptive brands and agencies. This is DTC Podcast. Can you talk a little bit about how the DTC has changed over the last decade and maybe some thoughts on where it might go over the next five to 10 years? DTC is just a funny name for infomercials. Um, <laughs> Direct to consumer has been around for a while, started you know way back when, back in magazines, in fact, uh, or other mediums. Uh, I actually just heard a podcast on uh, skywriting and how uh, brands are using that for direct to consumer marketing. So, you know, it goes, it goes back a long ways. Um, but I think where we come in is on where performance marketing meets up with direct to consumer. And, and 10 years ago, we were applying a lot of the same marketing techniques that we're, that we're applying now to great effect in this direct to consumer space. But, but back then, the economy wasn't ready. We weren't promoting as many great things back then because there weren't, I don't know if this makes sense, but basically I'm like, it, it's, it, it's basically like the performance marketing has always been there. Uh, direct to consumer has always been there, but really where we come in and I think where we've seen the biggest acceleration over the last uh, five year, 10 months, you could say over the last year are on, is in this merging of performance marketing and direct to consumer. And that's that's really, I think, where our perspective comes in. As well, I think just the uh, usability of platforms to reach consumers in the last 10 years has changed. It's become quite easy for mom and pop to pick up, you know, the Facebook tools uh, and, and, you know, reach customers at a scale that's never been uh, 
possible before with, uh, you know, you can get so far with, with, you know, minimal expertise. Um, and it's, uh, it is accessible now. We all have access to the same tools, which is crazy. But, the, but, uh, that accessibility is going to be challenged with privacy concerns on the rise, right? Whereas as these, these new updates come out, not just everybody is going to be able to achieve results going direct to consumer with performance marketing, because you're going to actually have to have a certain level of expertise and knowledge and tactics and strategies in order to compete. So in some way, we're kind of going through this little, a little bit of an hourglass pinch where it's going, you know, it's been, it's been a, it's been a, we're going through the glory days, but I think it's going to, there, there are going to be some challenges where um, we're, we're going to have to, continue to innovate so the pixel was like a great leveler you're saying in a way like the pixel you, you know the, the the way the pixel previously operated leveled the playing field for a lot of people because it was so accessible to everyone it just worked for everyone but with mm -hmm. that going away and becoming less powerful it's going to leave it to the more arcane performance marketers who really know how to work this stuff to make it work you think i do think so and an advent of new machine learning um you've been having a lot of intriguing calls lately about this this new era uh beyond the, the pixel right the, if the pixel if not if the pixel when the pixel dies uh the new the new tech those who can master the new tech which i don't think is going to be that accessible you know what i mean having that having that understanding and that knowledge the, the new tech i mean server to server conversations between like machines is kind of where it's going uh that that actually has been around for 10 years you know we've been eric and i've been doing that for 12 years uh and so it, it's it's just machines talking to each other if you talk to a developer they'd be like well yeah why was it never this way um and it wasn't this way because of the data that they could access through the javascript pixel and stuff that, that could be manipulated on, on page there's another thing in the last 10 years that's changing too especially the last two years one year but you know brands like native uh uh man what are those uh those bars i think they got bought by by kellogg kellogg's like 500 million or something like that there's all the big companies that are now uh trying to play and you know we're working with one or two of them and their goal is to figure out this space. So they have no idea what to do. All their systems are antiquated and the, the services or the, the agencies or partners that service them, their, their expertise and knowledge of this transition also is antiquated. And so uh, there's going to be you know, more competition from these big brands who have big budgets. So just uh, another, another pressure. But That's we answered that one really well, I think. The convergence, yes. It really is, right? Like, you know, I this is the thing I talk about all the time in, in meetings when we're talking about D2C is, you know, we came from this scrappy upstart background of performance marketers. And performance marketers are quite often individuals who are figuring out how to, you know, make money on the internet, essentially. Uh, and, and they came... Yeah, we were, they geeks. Come, we were geeks in, in the shadows. Geeks in the shadows kind of thing. But now these geeks are running the acquisition departments for these uh, these funded brands. For the, you know, I, I've had two people at Fortune 100 companies look me up and be like, "Oh, I remember you from the forums." And and what's interesting is like the chickens, the performance chickens have come home to roost a little bit. Where uh, where uh, you know these these high end performance marketers now re remarketed as sort of growth marketers um, are are in these positions of power within these organizations, and that's what we're seeing. It, the mom and pop shop and and Kellogg's are on the same are on the same field in a lot of ways right now. 
and and they're all they all have access to the same kinds of tactics that we talk about in the D the direct to consumer co newsletter, the D 2 C newsletter, um, and. Uh, it's kind of a free-for-all. It's really interesting. I can have a conversation in the morning with someone running a mom-and-pop brand who's seen a 1,000x more results in a given month because of something they figured out on Facebook, and I could talk to the same person at Unilever who's kind of on the same playing field because a lot of these big companies are actually really focused on launching digitally native brands, not just launching uh, their own products that you can get at the grocery store. They're really focused on on, on launching, you know, their own digitally native brands that kind of make it on their own two feet. It's it's a, really interesting to be a part. And of. And those digitally native brands now are desperately trying to find retail, right? So it really is. Yeah. It really is a convergence. Convergence. <laughs> awesome. Uh, can you talk a little bit about maybe some reasons why sellers and legacy uh, brands might choose to do DTC? I think it also depends at, at great length, like you know, mom and pop versus like idea versus you know, Fortune 500 brand. Um, mm-hmm. Or a company like Peloton, like, give me a, get out of here. You know, let's go public with this DTC brand and uh, let's scale and lean into this thing and uh, capitalize on it. So like, you know, ideation, you should start with DTC. You should do market research. You should, you, ha- you, ha- you have 15 different product ideas, 1500 bucks and figure out which one you're gonna follow up with, right? Uh, big brands also, um, you know, R&D departments, uh, you can just get market research and, and, and figure out what the market will resonate with um, in a really easy way. But at the same time, like Eric is saying, um, you know, there's inflated inflated DTC brands like Wayfair as an example, uh, super unprofitable, super high valuation. But, um, you know, there's companies that are super profitable, like uh, Peloton as, as an example. And so. Uh, it's just, it's good. It's, you can find your audience and, and you can figure out regardless of channel, whether the audience is receptive. And so it's just additional sales at the end of the day. And in a way, what, what I think you're, you're getting at, and I, I hear, you know, the opportunity to do again and again is sort of like, is build brand with the idea of performance marketing built into it. So instead of like build it and they will come build it in an iterative way, in a similar way to the way we build campaigns or to the way. Um, that yeah, that we build these marketing strategies, so you can actually see in real time what's resonating with people, um, and 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 sort of yeah, follow that way. I don't actually, I don't know if, if that makes sense. What do you think? I, I think we're talking from kind of our background, and so it's like yeah. it's like yeah, cool. Let's put a bunch of ads up and figure out where we're going with our business. Yeah. Um, I, I think that is the advantage I'm kind of talking about is that you you really are speeding up. You're speeding up the. You're speeding up time to market, really. Yeah. There's a bunch of ways you could take that, but. And your ability to get traction and, you know, to get feedback and, and traction, right? Like, I think that that's the advice that I, that we hear again and again, you know, when you do have some customers, you call them, you, you really, there's still no, even in this world of like high scalable commerce, there really isn't that, uh, that, um, substitute for calling your best customers and really understanding what they love about your product, you know, really you know, really focusing on those kinds of things and building out from there. Andrew, Andrew really uh, said it once when I when I heard it for the first time. is It's subtle, but it's it's that customer acquisition first marketing, right? It's just starting with what will, will consumers buy and working back from there, as opposed to traditionally, you start with a product. 
and we are very quickly able to acquire customers for just about anything and therefore you can grow your business with data as opposed to being in a boardroom with a whiteboard and, and holding focus groups and trying to guess what what consumers want you can actually just go out there and find that out um, lastly can you talk about the importance of customer data in the realm of DTC a little bit there's so many layers to that I know <laughs> it's an onion it's thick and juicy is that a um, are, are, are you well maybe we just kind of hit all, all of it but there's obviously a compliance component there's an ethics component there's a technical uh, visibility through analytics component there's a PII, you know, personal information. There's regulatory concerns around that. There's shifts on platform, obviously. Uh, iOS versus uh, Facebook as an example for the recent updates for Apple's attack on everything that is not privacy first as a branding decision that will carry them through the next 10 years. So where do you want to start? I, I'm, I'm a believer. I can't speak for Pilot House, but I'm a believer uh, in privacy, but also in the value of like a consumer focused internet uh i don't know if i actually don't know if i'm prepared to go to to really defend like to go to go into this but but i just what i what i know is there's going to be there's still going to be the same number of ads on the internet and so i'm really interested in finding ways to make sure that the ads are still relevant and still effective uh for for all parties well, you know, what's interesting about this situation is it's taking the ethics concern sort of off the table in a way because people are going to be forced to make a, a decision on their privacy uh, and, and then everyone's going to be forced to react from there. Um, and, and I think, yeah, I, I think it's, it, it, it's interesting because it does take the, like, the, the, the morality concerns of, of data privacy out of it because it's a very, it's making a, every consumer make a very stark choice. Mm -hmm. uh, what's going to be interesting is is the backlash that happens potentially with people who just start getting really irrelevant or or, mm -hmm. or wor worse ads because of this. I don't know. I don't know if anyone will care, but uh, it's going to be interesting. It is like walking around and always being treated like a stranger as opposed to walking around and being treated like people people recognize you in, in, in a way. Uh, I think there's a fine line to be drawn there in terms of what what is known about you and where you personally draw your line. I think the concern is that consumers won't have an option to define where they draw the line. It's an it's a switch right now. It's either on or it's off. Mm. And I could see a future where there are some things like I do want I do want them to know what my interests are because if I like if I like computers, I want to see what the latest tech is, and I want to I want to see the latest computers. Um, but there's no way right now if you if you if you opt out of that prompt. Um, they won't know. They won't know that, and, and and no longer will you be able to get get those. Um, you call it called the semi personal SPII. Yeah, nice. I th I think it's. I mean, there's this like legacy technology bit. Um, in terms of like DTC specifically, like it's uh, internet channels and buying traffic. You need all the data, but you don't need all the personal data. And so we're up against this wall of um, knowing, you know, what is a conversion rate or what are these important sales metrics in these ad platforms? That's the stuff that we live, eat and breathe. And so what we're seeing, I mean, if we're talking iOS is that through this transition, the, the data is now becoming murky. 
And if the data is becoming murky, that means we can't make good decisions and serve the right people, the right type of ads they want to see. And so the, on the flip side of that, I totally get what Apple's doing and I support it as a consumer and they're making change and change will come sooner as a result. As the old school performance DTC marketer, I'm super stoked because all my competition is going to fall off because they're, they're not comfortable riding that bull without clear visibility. They don't know what tools to use. And so uh, I've, I've come to, I'm kind of torn from it. Uh, I'm a huge advocate for managing and uh, you know, tracking PII and only you know, using that when you know, consumers have opted in and doing everything the right way. Uh, you know, Pilot House does take pride in that. And I think, I think that like those are going to continue to change and evolve as markets kind of catch up or, you know, governments get older, you know, the old white guy in office will be replaced by different groups of people. And those people will be more um, forward thinking and they will be looking out for consumers and they will be technically savvy. And so, I mean, the next, you know, 10, 20, 30 years, it's all going to change. and It's probably going to change five times. So we just got to buckle up and, and support the right decisions. And, and keep honing to tried and true direct marketing tactics that have worked since the 1950s in, in some ways. Yeah, you know, problem agitation solution. We just did a big workshop on, uh, on building pre-sell page content. And the beauty with building uh, funnels that include things like pre-sell pages um, is that you can drive wider uh, amounts of traffic, like less targeted traffic to pages like this. But, and because they use these direct marketing techniques, of, of selling people, of, of introducing a problem, of introducing, introducing a character before you introduce the problem. You know, all these sort of age-old uh, techniques become that much more relevant to, to make us, again, we just have to become better marketers and or we have to be the good marketers that we are, um, you know, in a world where we're not going to be able to be using this pixel to target people as precisely. Awesome. So do you guys have any last words or uh, pieces of wisdom for e-commerce retailers to wrap it up? I think if you're not online, you need to at least, you know, be online, whether that's a, a, a store <laughs> uh, in case someone does want to, to buy online. Um, if you're looking to, if you have an existing business that is, uh, that is uh, successful online, but need to scale, just find a good partner to help you that, you know, isn't going to bamboozle and knows the ropes and you can actually uh, get a return on. And a tip there is just find a partner that'll work on performance. Um, if you're a, a retail brand, um, get online. There's different complications for that. Uh, knowing what you can afford on an actual transaction, say you're a hundred dollar product and you can only afford, you know, 25 bucks, but your cost per acquisition is maybe 50. Therefore, you're upside down. You need to make sure that you have a good game plan uh, on how to manage those customers and bring them back. And if you're a big CPG brand that wants to scale, call Pilot House. And I'd say own your data. So, so as much as you can, own your customers. Uh, and, you know, every e-commerce person is taking an email when a purchase is made. But there are other techniques, you know, different kinds of lead generation things you can do. Um, in order to to bring people into your own owned environment, we're an agency, so we're obviously looking to uh, you know scale people's ad spends. Um, but the more attention people have to their own data, the better it will make their their ad buying as well. When it comes to you know things like lookalike audiences and, and things like that as well. But but really, yeah, owning owning your audience and having a really effective communication strategy with them uh, it, th that you own. So either over email or SMS um, is something pivotal for for any D2C brand. I think in twenty twenty one. 
Mm, for me, I would, I'll, I'll take, a, take a lead from one of our creative geniuses, Evan O'Gorman, and say, let performance dictate the creative. It's a different world, DTC marketing, and you have to detach, detach yourself from your brand and be willing to let the consumer choose what they like, which means you have to test rapidly, you have to test broadly and lean into what the what your audiences are, are engaging with and buying. And sometimes that won't be what you want it to be and you have to be okay with that. Awesome. Great. Thanks so much, guys. <laughs>